I would, it would help if I was on the right screen. That was a botched beginning. And just like red, white, and blue phoenix rising from the ashes of political bipartisanship, we are back to Salt of the Streets podcast. This is Saturday, April 16th, 2022, 12.17 p.m., episode 125. And welcome back, everybody, to the Salt of the Streets podcast, your one and only source for social and political commentary and all the weekly news, pop culture, and sports that you can handle. And the best part of the whole deal is all built from the ground up for people like you and me, the everyday normal person. So come down and join us as we discuss life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and continue our endless endeavor to bridge the gap between people and information. As always, we are your hosts. I am Colin. I am Donovan. And today, there we go, we're switching the right screen. We are joined by two very special guests. We call them the Brothers Geta, also Zeke and Ivan. Um, Ivan, you're for everybody that's watching, he's the guy up in the blue shirt. Wave, Ivan, say hi. Hey, what's going on? And then the returning guest, Mr. Zeke, first time on video. Welcome back, brother. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So what are we talking about today as I show everybody my show map? There <laughs> <laughs> we go. Um, so as per the usual, we've got our four-part podcast again. So we'll be uh, doing a segment, and then we'll be taking a quick break. Then we'll be doing a segment, so on and so forth. Part one, we're looking at some local politics type stuff. we got a gas gasoline car ban that our governor just signed into law that's going to take yep. effect in 2030 so that'll be fun we've got you've got a letter from drew hansen uh, uh, local have, representation i right? have two oh, I have God, two emails um and it, it won't take long don't worry yeah i have two emails and i want to talk about that so we can kind of compare and contrast zeke the experience you had getting in quick contact with your representative and then we'll talk about exactly <laughs> my experience <laughs> My my letter was fairly fucking quick, dude. Yeah, I had it on my fucking on my fridge. That's awesome. Um, and then, are we going to talk about that redlining thing in Seattle if we have some time? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a pretty Do quick that. one. So, and then uh, part two, we're going to be talking Russia Ukraine, which is going to dovetail nicely as uh, Ivan's going to take us down in part three in this down this. I, I'm just calling it economic trends and macros and the effect on you know our civilization today. And then we're going to jump into part four. Uh, kind of our more grab baggy uh, topics, but uh, SCOTUS is going to be in this one with our our newly nominated uh, Supreme Court Judge Kentonji John Brown Jackson. There yes, yeah, um, I watched yeah. Uh, all but three hours of her questioning this week, and so I. You know, we used to make a point of, and we still do, but we used to make a point, especially when Colin worked with me, of listening to the entirety of all of those hearings, you know, 20 plus hours or whatever, because we had the time. It was and such so a I, journey. So I felt like I should still do that, um, especially with as many partial clips and stuff like that as I saw on different shows, you know, different podcasts, different YouTube shows. Um, so we'll dig into a little bit of that and um, we'll, we'll, see what, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Just checking here, make sure our audio is working. All of a yep. sudden, I'm just checking here. It looks like it's not working. Stand by. You guys mm -hmm. vamp for a second. I'm going to look at this audio thing. I don't know why all of a sudden it doesn't seem to be. Okay. Uh, we have a couple of the topics that we have in the grab bag. Uh, Amazon had its first union, right? They had a union vote. Uh, what was it? Last week um and so we have the first amazon union out of a warehouse in staten island so we'll talk about that a little bit um a few episodes ago episode 123 colin and i talked about 
the Pro Act um, and compared that with, I don't remember what it was called, but a bill proposed by Marco Rubio that has to do with a non-voting board member. Um, so it's like a union alternative. So we kind of compared and contrast those things. Um, and then there was a ruling for or decision for no charges to be laid down in the death of a man named Amir Locke out of Minnesota. And that was in regards to a no-knock raid that happened. And so we'll talk about that a little bit if we have some time. And then Jen Psaki is going to take a job at MSNBC. So obviously we're going to take turns shitting on Jen Psaki a little bit. Um, <laughs> that's my boss calls her Peppermint Patty. He always calls Peppermint her Peppermint Patty. Patty. That's great. Yes. Why is this not seeming to work here? Oi. Actually, Captain Firepants. Captain oh, yeah, Firepants. Seems to be working, actually. Yeah, I mean, I, I really do feel bad for her sometimes. I don't. Not even for a second. Not even for a second. She's been bought into that admin for a long time, you know, yeah. to that breed of, of administration that's in there. Um, like, I think it was she was the press secretary for the Department of Defense, I think, during the Obama administration for at least part of that time. Yeah. So... Yeah, she sold her soul to the anything, devil a long time ago. If I learned anything over COVID, working is she didn't have to work for him. <laughs> right, right. You don't, <laughs> you don't have to do that. You don't have to work. No one, a lot of Americans weren't working for shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's. She constantly has to lie through her teeth and look like a dumbass in front of the whole world. Yes, because mm. she's not. She doesn't play it off. As well as, I don't know, I feel like as well as like Sarah Sanders. Sarah Sanders was just a bulldog. You know, we've talked about her a dozen times. She was an absolute savage when she, for, when she worked for Donald Trump. People didn't like to talk to her. She was unpleasant to interact with, not because not because she was lying to all the time, even though she was, but because she was very aggressive. And it was just, un, it was an unfortunate experience. Kaylee McEnany had her book of, well, actually, Lethal, this bro. is what he said. You know, she was reading out for the Word for word, exactly what the quotations were, slamming and walking the fuck out. She wasn't waiting for anybody. Um, Jen Psaki is just, she's just lying boldly all of the time. I don't know. I guess it's not yeah. that much different. It's just not as fun to watch, maybe. I feel like the level of condescension is not as severe yes. back then as it is today. Yes. This is, I feel oh, like, yeah. mommy's up there shaming us every time she gets up yeah. there. Well, she lies to my face. Right. Which does not hit me well. But that's why I think she's so much more off-putting than... I mean, Sarah Sanders didn't even have two straight eyes, for God's sakes. And then, <laughs> and then we went right into the dime piece known as Kayla McEnany. So. I mean, you're right. So she, whenever you sit there, you're like, okay, you're dishing out some bullshit, but uh, at least we know you're full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, that's funny. I, I forgot that she used to do that kind of stuff. She literally just said... All right, this is what I was uh, going to give you guys, and uh, that's it. Bye. Yes. Yep. <laughs> she was my absolute favorite. So you want to start off with uh, – I didn't even think to ask you, but do we have a let me ask you this? Today? I do. Okay. I do have a let me ask you this, and it's one that everybody can ask or everybody can answer. Um, so something we've discussed many times is a – 
thoughts that still exist in people said when they see economic collapses around the globe or civil wars in different countries that like this could never happen here. You know, we don't need to worry about that type of stuff. This could never happen here. We on the show obviously fight against that as much as possible. That people in this country need to understand that we have only been the exception for so long and we are not immune to the things that we have seen happen around the globe. They could happen here. And that's the reason that we talk so much particularly by the Second Amendment. We're big Second Amendment people here. And so that's one of the reasons that we talk about that so much. But we've also talked about storing food, cryptocurrency, things like that. You know, we've talked about all this stuff for a long time. And so I want to ask you guys, and you can answer one at a time, decide whoever wants to go first, uh, is why do you think that that ideology still exists in so many people in America, that those things, those things could never happen here? Who wants to go ahead? Oh no! I'll give you. I'll give you that one. Ivan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Deference to his elders, you know, it's good. Here. Excellent. Then you can go <laughs> yeah. first. Yeah. Well, so in my opinion, I think that like there's a just an enormous amount of uh, uh, complacency. And, I mean, we've been kind of lulled to sleep over the over the course of the last uh, 40, 50 years. I, I guess more or less, it's been about thirty years. Um, the mid-90s were very, very innocuous, very you know, laissez-faire, not, not a whole lot going on. And then uh, the early 2000s, we had uh, some conflicts and, and some major stuff that was happening. And, uh, um, but not nothing that, like, was so overt that, like, we, we kind of, like, pulled us out of our sleepy, drunken stupor. Uh, but I think that and we and we haven't had a whole lot of things pulled from us, uh, but over the course of the past, you know, two years, I think that uh, I mean, there's a saying that uh, I think it was Lenin said that in there are decades uh, that nothing happens, and then there are days that decades happen, right? And I think that the, over the past two years, there's been many of those days that have happened, and. Uh, People are starting to realize, oh my gosh, you know, that that things can get away from you. You can't have your, your rights ripped from you. And, uh, I mean, and you can be boldly lied to, uh, and you just have to eat it. You know, there's just no, there's no recourse. Uh, so prior to the, the past two years, uh, two, three years, I think that there's just a, a vast amount of complacency and no one really thought that it was that it was possible that you know uh, civil wars can happen, famines in America, you know, all of these sorts of things. But I'll kind of get into a lot of this other stuff a little bit later on. Um, but you'll kind of uh, you'll kind of see that like it's a it's a progression, and people need to wake up and they need to realize that 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 all of this is completely possible and, and it is happening right in front of our eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's a good answer. And something we've talked about a lot that I think is a good example of that is China, right? And we're oh, yeah. seeing a renewed version of that again in Beijing right now. We're seeing all kinds of videos, people being locked up in their houses. They're just being dragged. Shanghai's and, going yeah, nuts, Animals man. being killed. I mean, horrific, horrific things that are happening there, yeah. you know? And a lesser example we've used is like Australia. You know, those people were generally free until something popped off and then they were all locked up and people were coming and getting hemmed up out of their houses. They're, you know, it's it, it happened that quickly. Um, so, Zeke, let me just jump in here before you answer that the question real quick, because I just want to ask this question. You guys know what the Strauss-Howe generational theory is? 
the fourth turning and, and that kind of stuff. You guys heard that oh, before? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. I just feel like we're probably going to bring that up today, so I want to know if we can use that oh, nomenclature. 100%. <laughs> Perfect. So, Zeke, what, what do you think? Uh, much more long-winded answer that I was hoping for, but I guess complacency I would have. I think a lot of people are – I think they don't – they aren't well read and they don't look back at history and um, understand like, gosh, I need to get my, my thoughts straight here. If you're not well read into history, history is bound to re repeat itself. Oh yeah. And if with Roman empire and, you know, the rise and the fall of it, you know, the human condition never changes. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we're, we're always, we're always the same. Yep. Um, we're always constant and we're always, excuse me, we're on that with the Roman Empire. You know, we had our, our rise in the West. It's a long, uh, shorter lived period of time in the East. It tends to be a longer period. Mm -hmm. But um, our rise, it was quick, quick burn, and it's fucking crashing down. And people, I don't know if it's, Excuse me. I think people just are being ignorant for it, ignorant for it, and just thinking that we're not, or you know, being sub. Yeah, we can't be subjugated to that. It's the old that can't happen here. It's it's yeah, it's literally right around the corner, and people are just getting blindsided by it. Yeah. Right, and, and we're all suffering from recency bias. Yes. Where, in the the past uh, the past twenty years, this has never happened, you know. So no one thinks that it it can happen, you know. Yeah. Uh, or you know, just because the draft hasn't happened in you know eighty years, people think that it's never going to happen again. Well, shit! If if things keep on going the the direction that they are, you know, you know, it will happen again. And, you know, it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. Right. And uh. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump in there, Z. No. But... Yeah, and I'll just I'll go ahead and jump in here with um, somebody in the chat is kind of talking right along the same lines as you guys. Said that history is repeating itself. America is going through the phase that other nations went through it a hundred, two hundred plus years ago, and so it's that sounds more of almost like a you know Europe's been around so long they've been there done that already, and then we just kind of have only been on the map for so long. We're just now starting to go through it, but right. Um, well, we've talked about that. Um, you know, this month's book club book, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to pimp the book club book, Rick. Do it. This month's book club book is, is right. Rubicon, right? This book is about the oh, fall of the Roman Republic into the Roman empire. Right. So in the two live streams that I've done for it, that's all that I've really been able to talk about or because that's what I'm so focused on is the comparisons between the fall of the Roman Empire and what America looks like now. Yeah. There are so many comparisons just between the different people that were gaining prominence and the things that were important. Right now they're talking about I literally this morning just read about how the Romans traditionally looked down on a focus on dancing. People who were into dancing, they thought that they were fucking idiots. That's like the highest level of you have nothing else to worry about. You're not sticking to any type of self-respect. What the fuck are we doing right now? The most important thing, the biggest fo social focus is videos of people shaking their ass on Twitter or on uh, TikTok, TikTok, right? 
That is the biggest social yeah. focus is stupid fucking dances, little six second, 10 second, 20 second videos that can be shared and viewed a million times. Yeah. That's a, yeah. it's a weird, minute thing, but I don't know what else to, to chalk that up to, you yeah. know? And that's the type of stuff that if people aren't reading about those things, they're saying, what are you talking about? These are fucking TikTok videos. Like you can't draw, you know, a fall of America to a TikTok video. I disagree wholeheartedly. I think you absolutely can when people, <laughs> young children, youth, right, are aspiring to be famous for making videos on TikTok. I think that that's a pretty direct comparison between those two time periods. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, mean and, and, and the crazy thing is, is that I'm glad that we're talking about this because I, I watched a, a shorter uh, clip from one of the Joe Rogan podcasts. And he was talking about the, the same comparison about how at the end of the Roman Empire, uh, there was a very strong uh, uh, focus on, on gender and identity and blurring and erasing some of those lines. Uh, and, and, I mean, men wanted to be women, women wanted to be men, and yada, yada, yada. You have all this sort of stuff that's happening right at the end of the empire when it started imploding on itself. Yeah. And that's when uh, Nero, or I think it was Nero, one of the last uh, emperors that built the Colosseums directly for the purpose of the, the bread and circus. Yeah. And that was to distract everyone into kind of the last, uh, the last gasp of the, of the Roman empire before the, the Visigoth uh, uh, yeah. uh, attacks and stuff like that at the, at the end there. But, uh, it's it's very interesting. It's just like all of the focus happens in very, uh, very uh, specific ways. And like Zeke was saying, it's it's all uh, the human condition and the rise and fall of empires, the rise and falls of big debt cycles, the rise and fall of of uh, not human consciousness, but it's a uh, but uh, it's like a social human condition, maybe? you know. You know, once you uh, once you get all of the the resources and and you have everything that you could possibly ever want and need, all the pleasures in the world, you you start turning this corner into like these these darker sides of the, the human uh, condition. Madness. Madness is correct. Yeah. Yep. And I could I could go on about this as well, but I mean I'm mirroring essentially what you guys have to say. If anything, I'll just add on to that lack of generational struggle i think here is really what's helping this i mean everybody that's alive today realistically they don't know what it felt like to be in world war ii right most of those people are dead already you know the the boomers are the closest thing we have and you know vietnam and korea but it it, it wasn't world war ii man and it wasn't world war one and the you know the great depression and all these different things like that those people went through struggle and then to get us to the the 50s and the 60s and then eventually where we are today. And so without, I mean, it's the old uh, strong men create good times, good times, right. create weak men, so on and so forth. I mean, that's, we're at the, uh, we're at the weak men create bad times and, and, and fairly short, shortly, I think we're going to have to, the need for strong men are going to be presented to us all right but that's where and that's one of the things i wrote down when ivan was talking was there almost sounded like he's like just describing like true privilege you know mm -hmm. and in, in america the vast majority of people exist with 
with a genuine privilege we that got most people privilege. around the world don't have. You we, know, yeah. an so actual be real, real one, not a white privilege or any of that shit. It's an actual privilege of of complacency of being comfortable mm-hmm. and you're able to be complacent you're able to sit around and not do anything and be taken care of and yep. think that your life is still as hard as the mean that it would be around the world yeah you know like realistically if you were born in america in the last 40 to 50 years you were pretty much born in the best spot that you could have been right according to you know to the i guess the general world consensus at that point like it's been if you wanted to be somewhere where you could just do whatever you wanted to do and have the ultimate outcomes, it was in America. And if you were born here, you were you had the the privilege of being born in America, the luck of being yeah. born in America. Right. And we don't know what that is anymore because we nobody knows anything else. Yeah. At least yet. And and that's why and you know that you've arrived in this point when you have people that are con, uh, conflating their problems with massive problems that that we've experienced and gone through in the past when people are saying oh you got colin kaepernick saying that the that the nfl is like slavery it's like that's when you know that's when you know that he has no idea what the fuck he's talking about and he's conflating it with one of the worst parts of world history right it's like you have a lot, so much privilege that you're actually thinking that that you're not off at all. Yeah, I can't believe that they let him make that scene in in documentary or what. I guess it's a documentary because it's about him, right? Um, make that scene where they where it turns the NFL combine of people being measured into them walking into a slave auction. Those people are going to be offered, at a minimum, multiple thousands of dollars to do something they want to do for the rest of their lives. Or we actually, we're really going to let this guy compare slavery to this, where he was given millions of dollars when he was done being asked to work out, right? You get invited to go to the Combine. They ask you to come. You don't have to go. It's the same deal as Jen Psaki. You don't have to go. You don't have to be there if you don't want to be there. And if you really think that it's that fucking bad, why did you go? Why would you do it? Because you just didn't realize at the time how akin the combine was to a slave auction. You just you couldn't see the comparison at the time until you did a few semesters at whatever fucking college you sat in at. What are yeah. we talking about? You know what? Right. Really, what are we talking about? You're con- the very thing you're compl- you're complaining about. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Right. Like, like you said, you don't have to be there. Just stop contributing to it. Yes. Yep. You're still asking to play. You're you're actively making a, a documentary series about how the NFL is racist, but then complaining that you aren't allowed to play there. Why do <laughs> yeah. you want to play there if it's racist as fuck, right? Yeah. Right, and he's actively trying to get back into it. <laughs> yes. Currently. It's like, <laughs> uh, yes. I love it. Well, those are excellent answers, and so I think we can go ahead and dive into some of our proper topics. Before we do, I want to thank everybody for joining us here. Thank you guys especially for joining us, but thank everyone watching here for joining us on our YouTube, youtube.com slash salt of the streets. We also have uh, Patreon, obviously, patreon.com slash salt of the streets if you guys want to go there. 
subscribe help us make more better content facebook instagram.com slash salt of the streets you can find all of this on salt of the streets.com make sure you go and you like you comment subscribe to the videos we also have our personal social media i am at salt of the street on twitter and at alpaca underscore donovan on instagram colin is at big bird Offy on both of those things we also have the beer shows, the book clubs, whoop, whoop. the newsletters that come out at the end of the month for the patron subscribers, the review previews that come out on the first day of the month for the book club. Um, the book clubs that, Swole are blended for haircuts. Yeah. Obviously, I got my done up last weekend, so Swole Blended fresh. is back in the shop. Uh, Lexi Kayo on Twitch, Location Skate Shop. I don't know if you know this, Zeke. Ryan Martin opened a skate shop in downtown Bremerton that is called Location Skate Shop. It's a fantastic venue. Um, we've been there. We bought some merchandise from them. It's a great spot. He opened a shop? Yes. I didn't know that he owned it. Yes. He he co-owns it, I believe, but he is he is one of the owners of the shop. It's on 4th Street in downtown, right right near the Admiral Theater. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great location. It's yeah. a beautiful shop. He also, he's also very into photography, so it's filled with all kinds of his photos and stuff mm -hmm. like that. We've got all kinds of merchandise mm -hmm. as far as skate decks, obviously a whole shop so they can set you up. They've got shirts and pants and all that type of bullshit. Yeah, he has a... it's. Good, good kicking area for the kids. They're That's all... fucking awesome. I had no idea. Yes, it's incredible. He's yeah. doing a fantastic thing for the community down yeah. there. Made it right up in the uh, Kitsap Business Journal as well. It was, That's right. They did a really nice piece on him. Um, so yeah, one one last him. little piece of uh, housekeeping. Yes. Um, little bit of announcement. I've been pulling our your book club live streams yes. from the Instagram over to YouTube. So you can also, if you've missed them, you can go back and check them out on YouTube if you would rather do that. And then uh, we are still having some troubles, but uh, because Rumble's very tightly controlled on file sizes and, and we go long in the tooth a lot of times. So getting some of the videos to work on there is becoming an issue, but we are officially on rumble. I started to throw the book clubs up there too. The beer show is going to go up there. Pretty much everything you could find on our YouTube, uh, obviously minus the full episode and when we can get the clips in, we can only really put about our clips each. So right. the formatting might be a little bit different on rumble at the end of the time, but, well, but either way of, you could yeah. do that. It's pretty cool. Most of the shorter, most of the clips and not parts yeah. are less of an hour. So yeah, the clips will be great on there. It's, our clips channel is officially on rumble is what Boom. it sounds like. So I like that. Yes. Um, mm. so that is all one last thing. We always remind people. I do want to talk about this first because Ooh. Zeke, I talked to you about it. We always remind people and implore people to try and evaluate their relationship with the Chinese Communist Party and lessen it as much as possible, right? So one of my ventures, my first venture on separating myself from the Chinese Communist Party was shoes. I really wanted to not buy shoes that were made in Asia, really at all, but specifically China. So I found some shoes that... The Brazil shoes, right? Ooh. Seeing the Brazil shoes. And I was like, oh, these shoes are rad. They're from Brazil. They're ecological trees and all this stuff. So I did one last look on their website yesterday before I was going to make a purchase. And I'm looking on the frequently asked questions. And there's a little icon that says ethically manufactured. And I said, that seems a little bit vague. What does ethically manufactured mean? So I click on this and they have a specific page for their manufacturing. And it's like, oh, we have, uh, you know, specific ethics agreements for the way that people have to be paid and the hours and all this type of stuff. Doesn't say where they're manufactured at. There's pictures also only of Asian people, right? And I'm like, okay, so where the fuck are these shoes made at? So I go to their Instagram. I send them a direct message on Instagram. And I'm like, hey, uh, where are these shoes made at and i have my direct messages right here oh, so God. i can they said 
Our sneakers are ethically manufactured in China, following the highest standards of quality, working conditions, and environmental practices. We have carefully chosen a factory we work with to ensure ethic working conditions and that their employees are provided with suitable wages and a supportive, favorable facility. The factory complies with an accredited supportive code of conduct that covers these conditions, wages, and overall culture. Okay. First of all, fuck you. Second of all, (laughs) right? Second of all... I don't believe you because you still had to team up with the Chinese Communist Party to get this factory there, right? So, first of all, I don't believe that they're actually going to uphold this agreement of ethical conditions and shit like that because you aren't there. Maybe when they know that you're coming, they'll make sure that everyone looks happy, right? (laughs) Third of all, I don't care that you have an ethical agreement. You're still paying the CCP. Your money by manufacturing your items there is still directly subsidizing the genocide of weaker Muslims on the other side of that country. So I don't give a fuck that you have an ethical agreement with them because you're still paying to hem people up and take their fucking organs. That's not the point. It isn't the point. Because I know they would not get that. All I said was thank you very much. Because I know that, that <laughs> me saying this is a waste of time because they don't give a shit. You know, yeah. They obviously don't give a shit because they have a fucking factory there. But I was beyond irritated because these shoes are fucking cool looking and I'm having a very hard time finding good sneakers that look cool that are made in America. These ones are legit, but they're made in fucking China. Dude, when you find that sneaker company, they're going to be fucking rich overnight because this quest is going to take a while. I told Jordan, I said, I I feel like I'm honestly at the point where I have to start a fucking shoe company. I have to start making sneakers because I can't find a pair of tennis shoes in America that actually look cool. They're fine. They're very basic, though, and they have a little American flag logo on them or like a little tag. I don't care. I don't I don't need to advertise to people that they're made in America, but I don't want them to made in China. Mm -hmm. Right. But I want a pair of sneakers that I actually want to show people that I'm proud of when I bought that I say I open the box and I say these are fucking lit. And you can't it's impossible. (laughs) They just don't exist here. And so I I am on the verge of that's my first outside venture from this podcast is a goddamn shoe company because i can't yeah. find a pair of fucking <laughs> shoes that are made in america you know who's got a lot of money and trying to like do stuff like start companies that make products that aren't made in china daily wire they they started really? making jeremy's razors yeah so maybe maybe we just we just pitch them with some fucking sneaker factory idea and they'll back us and i feel like if i if i asked Makaya to design a pair of sneakers for me, he would do it in an absolute heartbeat. Oh, yeah. We know several people. There's a guy that that we went to school with, Rafi, that has a whole YouTube following for shoes. He's a fucking huge sneakerhead. He's got, like, thousands of followers on YouTube. If I asked that dude, hey, will you design a pair of sneakers that I'm going to make in America and you can have an exclusive pair, he would fucking do it. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, we're going to need somebody to keep the new designs coming, too, you know? I mean, he's got a six-figure job coming right there. Yeah. I just want a cool looking pair of shoes that yeah, are made So, <laughs> like, what do you do, dude? Because even, yeah, I'm sure even like those stupid Tom shoes and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure those are not even made in America. Probably not. I was gonna ask. I was yeah. gonna ask that. Where are those made at? Do you know? Tom's. Gonna, I don't know. Get the Google machine going. Yeah, That's I don't know. what we're gonna do. Go ahead, Google. Doctor Google. Are. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just, I just don't feel like it should be this difficult. To find a good pair of sneakers, you know, specifically tennis shoes. We talked. Zeke sent me the list. That like, there's of amazing boots, really good work boots, and and hiking boots and stuff like that. And there's good like moccasins and like hipster boots. You know, the leather boots with real thin soles and stuff. Like, there's lots of those. And there's real minimalist shoes and stuff, but not legit looking fucking tennis shoes. 
and I got a real problem with it. So yeah, I, I don't even trust what companies now too if they say made in America because of what Apple did. They kind of coined that manu. You know, it's built in America, but it's really made over there. Right. But right. let's see here. Right. We slap the front they screen on it. We call it good. Yeah. I was going to ask you, or right when you said that you reached out on their uh, on their page, the the first thing that you should have asked is, does this ethically uh, manufactured company have suicide nets outside? Okay, right. Yes. <laughs> do, you, do you have nets to ensure that everyone still makes it through the year, or do you yeah. just hope that they do? Like, is it a, is it only That's two stories regulated? <laughs> yes. Yeah, is it only two stories so they won't die if they jump? They're just severely injured and they hope they are like wish they didn't do it or how fucked up is that that, that that's an actual thing? It's it's horrific. Like, it's a, it's Qualcomm or no it's not Qualcomm. Foxconn. Uh, Foxconn. Yeah. Foxconn and uh, they have the suicide nets outside their fucking factory. It's like What? Oh, I'm pretty sure uh Apple also also did time. I'm Box manufacturers for, for Apple. Yeah. See, oh. and so it, it says that, so, right? It's yeah. this little Google I thing says that says. at the end of fiscal year 2020, most of the company's employees were located in the Americas, primarily in the United States. But when I was trying to buy shoes and I was looking up shit, uh, Vans or DC's, DC's website says that they now make all their shoes in Vietnam. Yeah. On the fucking box of the DC's says that it's made in China. Okay, here you so, go. I don't believe you. <laughs> our, our commercial manufacturing base, which consists of third-party contractors, is located mostly in China and Vietnam. It's impossible. I'm telling you, I'm telling, you got to get Jocko shoes, and that's it. That might be the only legitimately manufactured shoe in America. But they're not fucking cool-looking. No, they're like boots and shit, which, yes. are, which are cool, but... It was snakes, jeans bro. are like three hundred dollars. So, and I'm willing to pay to. It's you're, they're going to be a premium. They're going to cost yeah. more money if you're made in America. Because Jocko also, made them with his hands. You can't three hundred dollars is an exceptional amount of money to be asking for a pair of jeans. That is an exceptional amount of money. Even if they're not all torn up and pre-shredded. Yes. Like all the designer jeans. Yeah. Though. Even if it's a full actual. Yes, that begs pair of jeans. another major question, though. I mean, are you willing to to pay? know five six x what you would pay for a chinese shoe yes because especially if you're talking about something like like a pair of vans you know a pair of vans is like 50 dollars. you mm -hmm. know i don't know i guess i'm saying the same thing that's a 300 hundred dollar pair of shoes but um i i would say that i probably I guess if they're cool looking enough <laughs> at the end of the day when when if it if it's something like shoes right where you don't really have a choice you gotta everybody got need shoes you know I have a feeling that after a little bit, the vast majority of Americans would, they take better care of their shit is I guess what I'm saying. Right. If you're spending $300 on a pair of shoes and it's the only pair of shoes you're going to be able to afford for another year, you're going to treat those things like gold. You're not going to beat them up. You're going to wash them. You're going to take care of them. If they're leather, you're going to condition them, something like that. It would take a little bit of a... Uh, a shift, I think, in the American mindset and the American consumer mindset, but I don't think we'd be worse off for it. Well, it also would just 
demand that I make a better quality product so yeah. that it will last you an entire year. And the one pair of good sneakers that Zeke and I did find were, they looked like they were mostly for like CrossFit and stuff, but you could wear them for every day. Mm -hmm. That company also sells like a resoling of those shoes. Oh. So if you wear out the soles, you can send them back in and they'll resell. I think it was only like 40 bucks. You know, oh, yeah. They'll put a whole new sole in the bottom of your shoes for you. So that must mean that the top of them the top and sides or whatever the rest of the shoe is manufactured with a high enough quality that yeah. it will outlast the sole of the shoe yeah all you need is a cobbler and he can he can you know change out the parts that are are broken or restitch or do whatever it is that you need so let's bring cobblers back as well yeah we will revitalize single-handedly the american cobbling industry and now we're really cooking we're talking about making two industries here <laughs> yeah okay. salt the I mean, cobbly in... streets <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what you guys are talking about is exactly like that's what's going to happen as soon as you start bringing manufacturing jobs back and all and all of the ecosystems that come back around them. I mean, if you're talking about building stuff like we used to, like real legit shit that had a lifetime on it. Yeah. Like my grandfather, he had boots that he had for 30 or 40 years. Woo. Have you guys ever heard of uh, Red Wings? Oh, yeah. yes. I got a pair. Yeah, the Red Wings. I mean, you used to wear those suckers out, and then you bring them back to the cobbler. They resole them. They put on the new leather. They, they. I mean, that's real shit. Oh know? yeah. And when you bring that stuff back, and you, you actually have Americans that take pride in what they what they make, and it's not, you know, prefab, you know, particle board plastic bullshit right. that you sell at fucking Walmart, right? Yeah. And when you have Americans make it for America, I mean actually used to mean something right and when that actually happens and it comes back uh, all of this stuff is going to be fucking amazing it's going to be a whole renaissance period but it, there's going to be a lot of fucking pain between now and then oh yeah speaking of some pain right we can get to our first topic let's do it so in the first part right we was do oh, some boy. local stuff so First, very first one. Trenton hit me that hit me up about this. There's been a lot of confusion about this. Um, I, we have the same story up. That's really funny. Um, <laughs> it's, so it's from the hill. Trenton asked me about this because I think his realtor told him about it. So Washington State, uh, Jay Ansley just recently passed what is being called a ban on gas cars, uh, gas car sales by 2030. Yeah. And so what... This part of the means, Move Ahead right? Washington initiative. Yes, part of the Move Ahead Washington. It's part of like a new, what is a traffic, uh, transportation package. That's yeah. what it was. So a multi-million yeah. dollar transportation green. package. Um, of course, we're raising taxes here, even though we're running uh, a surplus because of all the COVID money that we didn't spend, yeah. even though we needed the bills to be bigger. That's... That's all, you know, we've talked about that before. I'm sure I'm sure we'll come up later. COVID always seems to make its way into a conversation. Always. Isn't that interesting? If so, we don't get a COVID information tag on our Spotify, I think yes. we're doing it wrong. Yeah. Um, so what this means is that starting in 2030, any new vehicles that are bought, sold, or registered have to be electric vehicles. So you're still going to be able to have keep all of your, obviously, your gas vehicles, your traditional combustion engine vehicles. But if you're going to buy a new car, new truck, new anything, yep. it's going to be a hybrid or a, an electric vehicle. The state will also move to hybrid electric ferries and install electric vehicle charging stations and begin more transit electrification projects. So let's talk, we'll talk about those things individually, right? What do you guys have to, first of all, where do you live at? And then, because neither of you live in Washington state anymore, and then what is your initial take on the ban on gas cars in 2030? 
Go ahead, Ivan. <laughs> no, I went first last time. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can go. All right. So uh, I live in Lafayette, Indiana, and so you're, you're asking about the the thought of having here by 2030 having to purchase an electric vehicle if you're going to buy a new vehicle after 2030 it has to be an electric vehicle there's only going to be electric vehicles they're only going to be able to sell you an electric vehicle okay so if that would if that would happen over here yes or happen over here i'm pretty sure a lot of people would rather just burn that shit to the fucking ground (laughs) like we have like three auto manufacturers here like there's toyota chrysler and and subaru I will say this: Subaru has a has a plan to make at least half of our vehicles electric, and they're already not happy about that because we're, they're big on like shit, mm-hmm. and they're like, "There's no way to recycle these fucking batteries." Well, like these things have approximately like a ten year lifespan, and I'm to get in fucking wrecks with these things, and that presents it it, it presents a different set of risks and you have to remake the bodies to it's it's a mess right oh yeah but uh yeah something like that would never fly over here <laughs> I love it. I, they, they might burn down the fucking legislation building They're like fuck you we love our <laughs> we love our nice cars <laughs> oh that's good what about you ivan so I mean, there's a whole bunch of different thoughts I have on that particular topic because it is such a hot one right now. But watching it, an interview with Elon Musk, and he was talking about you know this whole integration of of why he bought Solar City, uh, Solar City, and why he wants to go in a certain uh, with Tesla and and all of these different things are all building on themselves for him. If you look at all of his companies, they're all pointing in a direction. They're all they're all one strategic. way. And yeah, they're all pointed one way. It's the boring company is for logistics so that uh, you can get from point A to point B in a more efficient uh, way. You have Tesla, you know, which is not really about, uh, it's not a car company. It's a technology company that mm-hmm. just happens to be moving people and tracking people, which is key. Right. And then you have the, the Hyperloop, which is about moving people. It's all about logistics and getting the economy moving again, right? Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, I think that as soon as people start realizing that a we don't have the materials to actually get to actually deliver on this, it's it's going to open up a lot of people's uh, eyes. We don't have enough cobalt. We don't have enough lithium. We don't have enough uh, aluminum. We're in a structural aluminum deficit that won't be able to be overcome for the next twenty years because we haven't hmm. uh, invested back in mines and minerals. The ESG has been so strangulating that and making people invest in certain things in their 401ks and in IRAs and stuff that it that it hasn't been getting back to where it's been needed. So the the nickel and the cobalt and the uh, tin, all of it, mm-hmm. all of them are all so badly allocated that you can't deliver on this stuff. And once people realize that, there's going to be wild uproars because as soon as that happens. These cars are all made, like Zeke pointed out, in 10 years, you're going to have to fucking replace this motherfucker. And yep. then what are you going to do? You know, and what? Just, you, can't, you can't replace it. Yeah. And, and just to kind of like uh, build off of what you're talking about, I think there is a piece of the puzzle, at least when, it, when it's 
when we're talking about Elon and stuff. Um, and it's the SpaceX piece. I mean, part of what he's doing now with SpaceX, I mean, he's essentially commercialized local space travel. And with if you combine, like you had said before, the boring company, Tesla, SpaceX, um, you know, he's, he's got that satellite network of uh, Starlink and, you know, all these various things. You, What that points to, in my mind, is the eventual, you know, essentially automated mining for rare minerals in the asteroid belt. I mean, that's how you get around that problem is you go off planet and you find them out there. And I don't think that's too sci-fi to think what could be something that happens in our lifetime. You got the Tesla technology to essentially just create a bunch of little drilling bots, go around and collect shit and then bring it back home. I mean, it's it doesn't seem like too far fetched anymore. And I think that there's something to that with the inconsistency that we've seen in those markets for the mm -hmm. minerals, right? One thing I was looking up as Ivan was talking, it made me think when you're talking about aluminum, I remember it is worth mentioning, certainly, when Donald Trump was in office, he put huge tariffs on aluminum and steel imports coming from other countries to try and revitalize the aluminum, the metal industry in America, right? When Joe Biden came into office, this is an article from... I think this is just from Ground News, um, but it's the Biden administration the EU reaches agreement to ease Trump tariffs on aluminum and steel. And this is from October 30th of 2021. So that revitalization attempt of our markets or of our industries in America was immediately quashed, not immediately, but sh quickly quashed by the Biden administration when he came in. Yeah, as fast to, as he could walk. And you could quietly, 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 because yeah. I didn't know about this. I had to look it up. I had to look it up. I didn't know for sure. I assumed because that seems like something that would happen, but You're I right. didn't remember actively hearing about it. So this is a CNN article, actually. Um, but there were, this is 96 sources, but yeah, no, it was, it was obviously very quiet. Um, and so this, in 2018, Trump announced a 25% tariff on steel imports and 10% tariff on, on aluminum to shore up the struggling industries, drawing strife rebuke from the U.S. manufacturers of products made using steel and aluminum. Obviously not from the people who manufacture steel and aluminum, and that was the whole point. So... It is worth mentioning, not worth mentioning, because of what we do, right? It it's to try and increase trade with these nations, but fuck them, you know. We we need to be looking after our own industry, and that was part of obviously Donald Trump's whole deal: America first, make America great again, try and get these industries back. I have a hard time seeing a legitimate justification in doing away with the tariffs. Um, mm -hmm. Especially with what Ivan is talking about, if, yeah. especially to double down on that, if you're going to push for electrical vehicles that we were talking about in the green room before this, you know, Ivan is saying that they are pushing everyone to buy electric vehicles, especially with what's going on in Russia. They're trying to get everyone off of uh, fossil fuels. There's been yeah. a big, big push over the last few weeks of more green energy and electric yeah. vehicles, you know, Janet um, Yellen's out there preaching green energy is required yes. so that we can you know have a sound monetary policy yes, but we're going to continue to make it more difficult to make those things in america we're going to shit on people like elon musk who are making them in america and are trying to go around the united states government to outer space which sounds like a crazy <laughs> thing but to outer space to get these metals so that he can do it outside of the u.s government because they're trying to do it in a globalistic fashion mm -hmm. like we were doing cars before donald trump got into office they're making parts of cars in mexico in canada they're bringing them all to america they're putting them together here the shit doesn't make any sense yeah. when even from joe biden's own mouth we want to build back better right or whatever the fuck it is now you know we want to make america 
great again, but 2.0 and blue, yeah. because we don't say that here. Whatever his <laughs> thing is, you're cutting against that with all of the different policies that you're putting into place. Yeah. You guys heard about the uh, the IMF and the Davos meetings? Oh, yeah. Where he got that slogan from? No. See, I thought this slogan originated from the um, 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 the World Economic Forum, um, Klaus, Klaus Schwab, because he wrote the book, I believe, um, where he okay. called it that. Um, but, yeah, that's they, they just had a Davos meeting, didn't they, just recently? Did. Yeah, and I'll, I'll probably get into all of that stuff a little bit later on. But uh, there's a lot of different things that I wanted to kind of grab onto. I was thinking about what you guys were talking there. That First of all, if you're talking about asteroid mining, mm -hmm. the first thing that you have to ask yourself is, okay, logistically speaking, <laughs> have you guys read Elon Musk's book? No. Okay. What is it called? I, I would highly recommend it. It's wonderful. What's it called? Um, I'm it's looking called, it up right now. It's called Elon Musk. The oh. young Musk. Uh, <laughs> I, I, That's easy to remember. Fantastic Future, I think. Okay. Anyways, so he talks about how much it cost him uh, to, to build SpaceX, right? And the cost of ICBMs and got into all of the economics of it. And in that uh, book, he started talking about all of the different iterations of rockets, the Saturn Vs and the Apollos and blah, 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 yada, 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 right? And he talked about how much it costs to get a, a body, a, uh, a vehicle into orbit, right? Mm -hmm. billions, of uh, billions of dollars of R&D, and it's like hundreds of millions to get something into orbit, right? Now, think about this. We're talking about per, per pound, get something that is one pound into orbit, it's hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm. Yep. Now, we're going to be sending out thousands, thousands of things, thousands of rockets to go out and collect asteroids, thousands of them. We're talking about trillions of dollars to go and mine things that are light years away, maybe. Right? How the fuck are we going to get that back? <laughs> you know, honestly, as you're, you're sitting there talking about it, you go, really? Because all you need to do is launch it out into space and get it on the right trajectory, have it be automated to the point it could do its job when it's there. But then you need a crash site. You need some place back on Earth that you could just dump it. And unfortunately, it's hard to control things like that without, yeah, like without some kind of expensive ass, you know, landing module. Because otherwise, it's just going to, maybe we'll just put everything on the moon. We'll just work. We'll just have a moon base. That's what we'll do it. I mean, and, and that, like, that is, you know, or you could have everything crash into Mars or into, into the moon or whatever. Like, yeah. But then if you're talking about actually utilizing those materials for back here on Earth, yeah. it becomes completely improbable because what you're talking about is is actually allocating hundreds of uh, hundreds of millions of tons of material that need to be set back down safely because it's not very popular of an idea to have shit crash landing yeah in in the ocean or on right. cities you know, <clears throat> and stuff like that it's not very esg right <laughs> so so you have to wonder it's like these people that are making these policies have no idea what the fuck they're doing mm -hmm. right and i know that this is kind of we're take we're taking this thing down an extreme rabbit hole when we're talking about cars but when you're talking about <laughs> materials real yeah. fucking things right 
real things they have no answers and you have to you have to understand like people are slowly realizing that the people who are in place of power they don't have answers they have no idea what the fuck they're doing yeah they, they there's they're realizing slowly as they're pulling more voices into the conversation that they don't have answers yeah right and like we were talking about uh yeah go ahead Oh, I, I thought something. Oh, well, like we were talking about um, before, that a lot of the minerals and things that are required to make these, we don't, we don't have here. They, mm. they have in other countries, um, especially Africa is a big thing. People talk about that a lot for cobalt and things like that. And as we said, many of those mines are now owned by China. They're owned by other people. You know, we don't own those mines there, yeah. and so we have to either what do do what america does and try and have a war there so we can try and take that infrastructure or we have to do business with with those countries and so i would argue i guess you can't even argue that it depends on what president you have which direction they're going to take um, but there's probably going to be a little bit of both either way and in the end there's going to be a finite amount and i, I don't I don't know what the estimations are. I don't know if there's enough of those minerals to make an electric car to replace everybody's gas car that they have now. Mm -hmm. I literally don't know. Um, and and to kind of like bring it all the way back to where we began, really what this is, is, you know, you got some dumbass politician that has created a platform on climate change and he has advisors around him that say emissions are the problem. And he goes, okay, well, then we'll just get rid of the emissions by getting rid of the cars. Signing into law, we're done. There's, there's no forethought into what it actually looks like. I just put it into law because it's going to get me reelected. It's going to get me some points. Right. It, it, 2030 is so down the road. I mean, that's, that's eight. I mean, it, it's not that long ago. It's less than two presidents away, mind you. We'll be on 48 when it's 2030. But it's not, it's not his problem to worry about. So he just signs it into law and eh, somebody down the road will deal with it. And then they'll have to reverse it or whatever because it's not fucking possible. Right. But it gets him the W. And one of the other parts of this is the hybrid electric ferries, right? Oh, um, and yeah. so that it's the same deal. We, we have enough problems with the ferries as it exists now. We were just talking last weekend uh, that there's an enormous worker shortage in our ferry system. And it's not people working on the ferries it's engineers to work on the engines people yeah. don't know how to do it it used to be i after we talked about it and talked about how there were so few articles talking specifically about that shortage i saw a short video done by cairo i think that was about that and they were talking about how it used to be a generational thing like people's sons would yeah. continue to work there and that just doesn't exist anymore and so because of that they don't have an infrastructure built to reach out to try and hire people. So they're having to build that now in 2022, an infrastructure to try and reach out and hire people. So they have a school in Seattle where they will teach you to be an engineer on the ferry, but they don't know how to find people to go there because they've oh, never had to do it. So what a disaster. And now, now that this is happening, that they can't find people to do this, they're going to completely rebuild the engines of the ferries, and they're going to have to teach all these people how to work on a new type of engine while also trying to find people who want to work in this industry that they are right now uh, trying to create. But as the government is doing it, as we know, the government does nothing well at all. So this it's going to be a shit show. If they're going to have to create this industry, it's going to be a shit show and probably won't be done by 2030. No. 
I also like how, like, I'll, uh, I think I could just pull the article up here real quick so people at home can see it. Boom. But they uh, they chose a picture of Seattle talking about the future with the Alaska Way Viaduct right on the waterfront, and it's not there anymore. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I thought that was pretty ironic. Yeah. Way to go, guys. Oh, One last Lord. thing I want to ask about charging stations. Right, we're going to build a bunch of charging Ten, stations. Yeah, tens of um, thousands, right? Yeah, I'm sure that it says in here the not the exact number, but the general number of of how many we're going to build. Um, establishing Inslee's plan reflects President Biden's climate change goals for the country, including establishing a nationwide network of 500,000 electric vehicle charging stations and increasing electric car sales up 50 percent by 2030. Um, so that's nationwide. Let's see for Washington. <clears throat> the move ahead Washington link. Nope. Yeah, I just saw it last night too. I don't know what yeah. happened to it. Um, so the question exists, whether regardless of the number, um, and I've heard a lot of people talk about this, yeah. right? The government doesn't own gas stations, right? People built them themselves. Now, the industry created itself. When we had more cars, yeah. people built gas stations. They created them. But now we... Even if you are going to pay other companies to build these charging stations, right? They're still government-funded charging stations. Yeah. Why does the government need to pay for this? Why do they need to, again, build this industry if people want electric vehicles so bad? Mm -hmm. I can actually answer that question, at least towards oh my our God. people. Okay. Yeah, because I've, I've literally have dealt with this directly. Okay. Um, generally speaking, at least in, our, in the cases that I've dealt with, um, they come in the form of a rebate or a subsidy – um, if you are in construction of a new gas station, which I recently just did, okay, and it is uh, heavily encouraged when it comes to the code, but it is not required. But if you do it, you do get like a tax break or you get um, – basically, you, you can get a rebate, you mm. can get a subsidy check or something like that. So it's not so much they're directly buying them, which I will also add most of – the electrical chargers that I've seen installed and ordered come from Europe. They're not made in the United States. So we are also doing more trade with Europe abroad um, and not doing those manufacturing jobs back home, which is also kind of a problem because now our government is subsidizing a foreign trade. At least it's not coming from China. So there's that. But yeah, that's in the few that I've dealt with so far, it's, it's never like a direct type of like yeah we're gonna buy these things and install them i'm sure they they might on properties that the state actually controls right yeah you know, at like national uh parks and shit. yeah national parks rest stops along freeways yeah. things like that i'm sure but other than that it's just gonna be they're gonna have to try to encourage people to do it or they're go straight unconstitutional which they're not afraid to do and just force people to build them so say they're making a half a billion of them or half a million of them so. yeah yeah half a million across the country that's gonna be that's like one in every other town. I don't know. It doesn't seem like that many when you think about how big the country is, but meh, whatever. Why not? I mean, I'm not really, I'm a big fan of Tesla. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm a huge fan of this thing. I just, I think if we're going to, I think we are all going to eventually try to get to some form of electric vehicle because I mean, let's face it, the way the politicians run, the way that globalist politicians run, you know, global economics, they're going to make it damn near impossible for anybody to afford a, a, an actual like gas vehicle anymore. Hell, I drive a diesel truck, bro, and I'm 
I'm spending, you know, an arm and a leg out here. I mean, it's it's almost in, I've seen 6 bucks per gallon for diesel, yes. which is insane <clears throat> when why why know, do you do that to yourself? It's, you know, it's uh I have a company, so it's a business expense. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but if I wasn't so this article is from the Hill, right? Um, and then we can <clears throat> we can move on unless you guys have anything else to say. This is about Actually, yes. was gonna I was gonna mention that uh, when you were bringing up the the whole consolidation uh, or removing of uh, gas stations from private ownership and ch- trying to force the the market into electric cars and and basically consolidating everything under the government by them subsidizing or not, not subsidizing, but uh, uh, placing all of these chargers out there. Same thing with, with Elon. Uh, I mean, he's sitting there and he's, he's talking about how place a, a solar pan, uh, panel on your house. You get one of those, uh, the power walls put in mm-hmm. that way you can have a localized dispersed grid that's out there, right? You can not only charge your, your, your car, but if you have a power outage or whatever, this is how it's being made. Uh, 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 marketed at least if there's a power outage you won't be going without because you have a localized power source right yeah and you have the sun to power blah 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 yada yada, yada. anyways so this is interesting to me because now what you're doing is you are you have an ultra intelligent uh supercomputer parked in your driveway that has access to all of your power can Maybe, maybe not. This is my conspiracy theory, right? Now I'm, I'm kind of reaching down the rabbit hole a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, something that's that's smart enough to, to be able to dictate to you what you can and can't do. If you're going to want to drive your, your vehicle or you're going to want to, uh, you know, go a certain area, you know, that they don't want you to go. Or if you don't have some sort of uh, uh, enough social credit to, to be able to do something, they can freaking just shut you off. Yeah. Right? And it's all done through, you know, uh, a central source, right? And by getting rid of gas vehicles, not only are they doing their ESG thing and they're saying, okay, well, we're cleaning up the environment, but that is your true autonomy. They can't shut off a gas vehicle remotely. Yeah. They can shut off a, an ele- a Tesla or an electric vehicle and uh, they can sh- make their, their – uh, their grid system that they're putting out there unaccessible yeah. right, to certain to, to certain cars. Yep. You know, it's a very interesting situation that's happening, and the fact that the government is pushing this is highly suspect. Yeah, and it's all a consolidation of power. All of it is. Yeah, and I, I see one of the major issues is essentially what is happening with these you know green initiatives and things like that on the governmental level is, I mean. I don't know how to describe it any other way than centralized planning, right? A very Soviet style. The state can plan how this thing goes. We're going to install these chargers. We're going to make sure everybody's driving these cars. But at the problem, the problem the government has is there's no market recourse. There's no communication with good and bad decisions. When you look at how the market treats them, they just throw money at things and they most of the time don't work, but you know, that's how they measure things. Whereas somebody like Elon and Tesla, you know, this he's not a politician that got elected because he's popular. He 
built a company because he's smart and he's an engineer. He thinks about these things. He has a network of chargers all around the, the country and is continuing to add to that because he knows exactly where he wants to put those. He's thought about these things. He's thought about his, you know, his little solar roof stuff and the battery chargers in the walls and all, all that stuff. He's, he's thought about that because it's going to affect his company's bottom line and the success or failure of it. Whereas the government doesn't do that. They just, when government centralized planning comes into play, it's really just a bunch of idiots that get together and decide that like, hey, this is what we want to do because this will make people like us. Yes. It has nothing to do with whether or not it'll work or not. So to back that up, right? Mm -hmm. There's this article that's again from the Hill because it was in that that first article, the first nice. article that I had pulled. States can now move forward building and expanding electric car charging stations. This is about the five billion dollars that was designated through Joe Biden's. Uh, the infrastructure package, it's a $5 billion fund that states can access to build electric, to incentivize building electric uh, vehicle charging stations in their own state. So all they have to do is they have to start their own program uh, for charging stations, and they can tap into the $5 billion that's been set aside by the federal government. So you don't even have to... I mean, I'm sure that we are going to be taxed on it also because oh, yeah. that's how this state works. But they also – there's just a $5 billion sitting there of, of tax dollars anyway that can be tapped into of federal funds. Yep. So it's, that's exactly <laughs> what you said. Fund a campaign election or whatever. I'm going to steal money from you and force you to do this. Yep. Brilliant arbitrage opportunity for anyone that, that knows that the money's sitting there. Yes. Arbitrage. States can tap into that money after submitting an electric vehicle infrastructure deployment plan, which should expand on alternative fuel corridors, areas nearly every state has designated that the federal government hopes will establish a nationwide network of half a million electric vehicle charging stations. Centralized so, planning. That's all you have to do. Submit an electric vehicle infrastructure deployment plan. So you don't even have to be doing it. You just have to submit the plan and say, we have a plan that we're going to do that and you can <laughs> tap into the half you can tap into the five yeah. billion dollars of tax money i i've got to wonder how much state taxes we're going to be charged mm -hmm. because of the all of that shit right all this infrastructure package oh, whatever yeah. whatever the the washington plan is that that they just oh. signed the transportation bill it was yeah. however many millions of dollars the, so uh, uh, we're we're getting double fucked and Which we is have, hard. Yeah. yeah. And we've talked before. The move ahead, Washington. God. Move ahead, Washington. I think that we are one of two states where the governor is still under emergency power mm -hmm. uh, for COVID. And the last time that I watched Jay Inslee be asked about it, his response was, well, I don't really see why we would need to do away you know, with the emergency powers order, because it's good because we can expedite things for the schools and we can access federal funds. And also, you know, 95%, he literally said this, he said 95% of the controversial orders have been done away with anyway. So I don't really see what the harm is. It, right. So this, it also, it gives him in a, in a perpetual uh, state of emergency. Yes. So you can be local dictators yes fucking yep. maniacs because it also gives him control over the state legislature of when they go into session and when they go out he gets to call them back whenever he wants gets to hold them there for as long as he wants and then say we're done get away 
So we can wait until we have all of this legislation lined up on the background to you guys have done your backdoor dealing because you're not even in session. So you can talk to whoever, whatever senators, whatever representatives that you want about whatever you want. Then I'll call you into session. You can bring them in. You can revise them. You can move on. And then we'll close the session all over again. That's how they just passed the magazine ban that happened. That's how they just passed the home manufactured weapon ban that just happened. They... We've talked about the magazine ban. They introduced it as a 17-round magazine ban. It was almost immediately amended down to 10 and then was passed subsequently through the House, the Senate, and then signed immediately by Jay Inslee. Pieces of shit. And then they closed the session. That brings us into this next portion that we're going to talk about, right? Because, Zeke, you and I talked a, a while ago, months probably ago, when... There was a Project Veritas piece that came out, I think maybe having to do with the elections or something like that, and uh, you were super sure. activated about it, and you reached out to your local representative. I think you said you even like got on the phone with them, right, that same day? Yeah. Yeah, same day. Word. So when... I, got, I got like a phone number and everything. <laughs> that is excellent. So our two state representatives for our district are named drew hansen and tara simmons drew hansen has been around for a long time he probably was our representative zeke when you were still here i'm not sure when you left ivan um, but he's been in office for a while and tara simmons this mm-hmm. is her first term uh as state representative so i wrote into them begrudgingly wrote into them about the magazine ban the home manufacturing ban the assault weapons ban there's a lot of stuff Um, that I wrote into them about with these gun legislations. Tara Simmons, to her credit, replied to one of them the same day and said, thank you for your comments. I'll take them into consideration. So obviously I don't believe her, but at least she said something the same day, right? I wrote those comments. Um, Let's see if the email has it in here. And if not, then I would have to find it in the show or something. Um, so I wrote a February 16th is when my comment went in through the official state website, right? And so it was sent to my senator and both of my representatives. They all got it at the same time. One of them acknowledged it on the 16th of February. I got a response from one of them from Drew Hansen on March 22nd. So over a full month later, I got an email from him and this is on the magazine ban. Um, his response was... Hi, I'm sorry this took so long to write back. As you likely saw, we passed this bill out of the House and I voted for it. Data points. And now here is a series of talking points that he provided. Um, Federal law prohibited possession of magazines for more than 10 rounds between 94 and 2004. Since then, eight states have done the same. As you would expect, firearm manufacturers commonly make available 10-round versions of the specific firearm to serve that roughly 80 million Americans living in those eight states. Our version doesn't ban possession of 10-round magazines, but rather manufacture sale and distribution. I never claimed that it did because I know that, right? I fucking read it. I obviously know that. I never claimed that in my response to him because I know that. Um, <clears throat> High-capacity magazines are repeatedly used in mass shootings where lots of people die, not just 30-round magazines, but 12-round um, uh, Emmanuel Amy Church in South Carolina, 9 murder, 13-round... Living Church of God, Brookfield, Wisconsin, seven murdered, the list goes on. During these mass shootings, the pause for reloading frequently gives people the chance to take down the shooting. This was the shooter. This was exactly what happened in in Tucson. Gabby Gifford's shooter was tackled when he was reloading or escaped. This happened in Las Vegas, where one of our Kitsap County neighbors had their kid murdered. People escaped during the reloading pause. 
There is no doubt this is constitutional under current federal law. The full Ninth Circuit Court upheld California's even stricter ban than Washington's. And it, he, the thing that irritated me the most about that is in my response, I acknowledge the ruling by the Ninth Circuit Court because I know that it happened, because I fucking follow it, right? Because it would have turned over California's magazine ban. It would have had huge repercussions. So I know that. I acknowledged it. I told him that I found that I that I personally find the Ninth Circuit Court to be extremely biased, and I think that that ruling is unconstitutional. So he's like, oh, fuck you, it's constitutional, because they just ruled this way. Yep. I fucking know that. I said that, and I, I'm telling you, I think that that is a biased ruling. So that is... The response that I got from him, these these talking points, right? I went out of my way when writing these to ensure that I wrote I wrote it, I wrote my response, and it wasn't just a bunch of talking points that like when you sign up for some gun websites, then you start to get emails that's like, This legislation is gonna be passed. These are talking points that you can use in your response. You know, mm-hmm. I made sure I didn't use any of these talking points. I wrote an actual response. Um, so that is one that I got, and the next one I got was on the assault weapons ban that did not pass, and so it was the same deal. Oh, and I sent this one on January 19th, and I got my response March 31st, so even <laughs> even further out, and his response was, Hi, this was a Senate bill that never made it over to the House, so we never saw it one way or another. Thanks for writing about it, Drew. What? Basically, so, a fuck you go away. Yep. So because I never even looked at it, I'm not even going to acknowledge any of your concerns. Doesn't fucking matter. Don't worry about it. Shut the fuck up. And also, he's not upset the fact that he didn't even get to see it. Like, as somebody that is you, your constituent is obviously yes. concerned, and you're like, you should you should be highly offended as a representative that you weren't allowed to participate in that because now your constituents are asking you what the fuck's going on, and you're like, well, I didn't see it, so ha, too bad. Piece of shit, dude. See, what I don't understand about this entire situation is how any of, I mean, granted, California and Washington, Oregon, Illinois, and New York, they're they're just communist breeding grounds, right? And there's such strongholds for for lunacy that like they, that a lot of these people that are going through and they're making these these laws and pushing they're just ramming them through right. Yeah. They don't understand how they don't expect to to be just booted out of office. You know if if like didn't have like these Nazi freaking people that are all backing these these lunatics they're just nuts like people they don't understand why we and this kind of folds back into the previous conversation what we had you know people don't understand that rebellion is right around the corner you know that food lines could be a real thing it's it's all recency bias and they don't understand that we need our fucking firearms to defend our rights right Otherwise, not, not we're just, Australia. Uh, guns aren't just for mass murderers and shit like that. You know, it has nothing to do with that. Yeah. It's about defending our rights. When the First Amendment fails, the Second Amendment is implemented. Right. Yeah. Right? And we've talked about that a lot of times when, especially because Joe Biden, he just, uh, uh, you know, announced a bunch of new guns initiative last week, uh, announced a new ATF director that he's going to try to get put through and stuff like that. I don't fucking listen to that guy when he talks about that. He uses the same talking points every time. You know, yeah. do you need 100 rounds to kill a deer? Oh, you don't. Deer are wearing Kevlar vests, right? The Second Amendment is not for hunting. The Second Amendment is for tyrants. It's not for hunting animals, yeah. right? That's There are two completely different it, purposes. It's for right? murdering people yes. that yep. are tyrants. Yes. That's what it is for. 
Yeah. So people do not respect your rights. You have the right to defend yourself, your property, and your family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are we are first and second amendment absolutists here. Um, there's there all gun laws are infringements in my personal opinion. Yep. You know. So when they had these manufacturing ban that that came into effect just last month, uh, one of the first things that I did. The first thing that I did actually when I read about it in that morning before Jay Inslee had even signed it because I knew that he was going to sign it is I went in online and I bought a jig to finish aluminum AR-15 lowers with a hand router. So you can buy, you know, a, a lower, uh, the lower receiver in AR-15 that's not finished. It's 80%. Okay. So where you put the trigger and stuff like that is still solid aluminum. And you can have those sent to your house because they're not that. finished. Um, and so I have... I have some of those. That's all I think I'm going to say about that. I have some of those. Um, and so I bought a jig online for not very much money. And all you need, just a hand router. You go and buy at your local hardware store. It came with the bits. And the day that this passes, I believe June 1st, I will be finishing my first lower. Um, got a 3D printer that we're just just waiting for a bigger house so I can set that up. And it can be not fucked with for 20 hours at a time. Um, this is something that I am abjectly opposed to uh when i we've talked about it so many times we first started this podcast i we argued and i told called that like you know americans don't need to own ar-15s uh, since then i i i carry a pistol every day for my own personal protection protection of my family i own an ar-15 i own body armor we've got the full kit we've, we've started training we've yeah. all the stuff you got an ar-15 with a custom paint job now the, it painted last <laughs> week yeah so um it's I agree so much with what you are saying with the recency bias, you know, um, part of it is because we, I don't know, all I can really attribute it to is because of this area, because there are so many people here that still believe that, that believe in these bills. And that's why partially why they're being passed. Um, and I guess I can only say that so much with the magazine. And when we talked about, there were 5,000 comments sent in against the magazine ban and just over 1000 sent in in favor of it and it was still passed so there's even the majority of people that are reaching out are telling the state legislature that they don't want it and it's passed anyway so representation is dead so yep so i i'm not sure if that lends to people's um lackadaisical nature towards the state legislature or if that just or if that truly is a reflection of the state legislature not giving a fuck about what the people want because it could very much be either way but and unfortunately we have evidence to both cases right because we've yeah. had we've had multiple referendums in the state about our car tabs and their prices because they've done nothing but go up and all this and we have voted and passed Two separate times that I know of, at least. Yeah. Might even be more. But, like, we, as a vote of the people, have repealed those taxes on our car registration tabs. Both times the attorney general got those flipped around in court and, and just shoved right back in the taxpayer's face because there's some legal, grammatical loophole that they found or some kind of small error to just just so they can get around it and tell the people to go fuck themselves right um but we've also passed gun legislation through the through the same initiative process before yep and there's no problem with it they'll completely endorse the gun legislation that someone in their house is able to cook up and get enough people to sign a document for but when it comes to repealing taxes that the state has placed on us 
They're they're not going to have it. Isn't yep. that fucking crazy? Yes. Yeah. So I mean, <clears throat> think about this. Uh, I'll save it. I'm I'm, I'm really going to kind of go off a little later on. Sorry. <laughs> we'll attach that later. We'll just throw that right here no, real quick. No, just fine. put it in That's the pocket. Sidelined. Sidelined. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the last thing, it's actually kind of a good thing. It's a, it's very quick. It's just kind of a, like a based Washington hit, right? It's about the redlining language. And so there, and you talked about this so long ago, and that's why I thought it was a long funny, time ago. Yeah. In Washington housing documents and the deeds and stuff, they still use the same documents from however long ago, the 30s yeah. or whatever they were originally drawn up. They're still using the same documents. And so in there, is language that says, you know, people of color can't own this house or whatever. It has since been ruled long ago that that language doesn't count. Yeah. Right? They're obviously with the Civil Rights Act and then subsequent acts within Washington state itself. They've ruled that language is no longer relevant. They just still use those documents. So yeah. a while ago, this doc, this article's from 2021. Someone read it in there and got a hair up their ass that they are, you know, racist language. Um, it's no race or nationality other than white race shall use or occupy any building on any lot is what is in these housing deeds. But like I said, it's, it's been ruled that it doesn't matter anymore. This person, I was completely shocked and my fiance is, is Hispanic. So for me, it was just so shocking that he could own a house where the documents say he's not allowed to live there except as a servant, except that doesn't matter anymore. So this got taken all the way up to the state Supreme Court. Yeah, because these people and a few other people didn't want this language in the documents anymore. They wanted to completely remove from their housing from their housing documents, and the state supreme court, to their credit, ruled against that person. All of these people yep. and said, um, "What she said, it's one thing to change to change the chain of title, but it's another thing to destroy history and whitewash history." Um, who is the Spokane County Auditor, uh, that's really dishonoring all those people who fought so hard to make those racially restrictive covenants illegal and un unenforceable. Removing that information also removes the ability of anybody to study redlining, to study the discrimination. So destroying history. Based Washington. So where has this this like entire line of thought been <laughs> for the past like 10 years? I know. Like, this does not apply to, to the South. Yes. And it's, it's such a simple thing. It's so simple of just like don't worry about it. You literally, you don't have to look at those documents ever again because you just have to have them in your possession to prove that you own this house. You don't have to be reading them all the time. There have already been, it's, it's history. History has ruled in your favor. This doesn't matter anymore, but we're showing you, you have so much power over it. You own these documents. They say that you can't and you do because we have ruled that this was a mistake. I feel like that's a way more powerful message than we're just going to remove it because no one should ever know. Like that's yeah. that's true doublespeak. That's yeah, New I was going to say that's very nineteen eighty four esque if they yes. went through and struck out that old language and you know and it's yeah actually I was having a conversation with uh, my surveyor um, at work the other day about this and and he goes yeah I mean you can't really do that because that was a that was the legal document of the time you can't go right. back and update the legal document I mean. It's unfortunate that it says what it says, but it does not apply today. It doesn't, doesn't matter anymore. The, the current language that applies to you only applies to you, and, and it has nothing to do with the rest of that. But it, it is it's Seattle. I did actually when I first started working at Bennick, I think it was either that or I was working at Sage at the time. But I had start. I took a couple online classes through the GI Bill and stuff like that, and I was taking a history class, and I wrote a paper that does not exist anymore. 
um, on the red lining of Seattle because for some reason that was you just needed to write some kind of history paper. Yeah. Do a little Google search and it's like, oh shit, Seattle used to be hella racist. This is interesting. Yeah. And now they're having other separate redlining issues because of systemic racism handed down through the days and generational, you know, locations of where they're at and it has bad air quality and it's a whole nother can of worms nowadays. But Seattle's not gonna be satisfied, man, until they just kick everybody out of the city and just have a totally empty city for a while and let it all collapse and the forest will regrow oh, no, and everybody'll be happy they'll end up doing is they'll they'll sit there and they'll they'll turn it into a freaking homeless camp <laughs> they already did you know, that people, you know sit in their own raw sewage and they, there'll be drug needles everywhere just like san francisco and then they and then someone's gonna be like hey this place used to be kind of beautiful you know, and then they'll be like oh fuck we kind of did this didn't we yeah. yeah here you go don um H Toro in our YouTube chat says, I want to buy an RPG for home defense. I'm here for it. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm not against that. I don't, I'm fully in favor of you owning an RPG, not even for home defense, for right. whatever purpose, because it's none of my or anybody else's business why you want to own that. I want a, uh, like, I'm not even against, like, uh, currently as it stands. I don't know if you guys watch Tim Pool at all, but, like, he has this argument lately about, like, people owning nuclear devices. Nuclear weapons, I'm like, right. I don't really have a problem with that, technically. Not unless we update the Constitution. Because if the if my tyrannical government can have nukes pointed at me, I want the ability to point a nuke at them. And until I am satisfied, I have the right to do that. The Constitution says it. It's pretty simple to me. I don't like the Dora, idea of yeah, somebody... Yeah, I fucking dare you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? If there's one person that you can always count on to be listening to you, if you ever need to throw out a secular prayer to the government, the NSA has got your back. They are listening to you 24-7. That's, uh, that's why we use Signal Boys. Did you see, uh, what's his name, the, the, the late night uh, comedy guy the, he, where he acknowledged that uh, series listening to him and uh, he was getting advertisements for something that he, for some obscure conversation he was having? I, do, no. I don't know. I know that happens to me all the time, so it does not surprise me. <laughs> I mean, it, it was like five, six years ago, I was talking to some friends where it was like, it was not, not taboo. It was definitely conspiracy theory. It was like, oh, you know, my phone's listening to me or your phone or people are listening in on it's the NSA or it's blah, blah, blah. And it's like bullshit. It's fucking Google. It's Apple. It's all these, these freaking companies that they sure as shit are listening to. You. And now, uh, and now they're going through the mainstream media is joking about it. And they're like gaslighting everyone. Like it's. It wasn't just a, a conspiracy, right? Right. Yeah. They were denying it, and now they're acknowledging it, and they're making it funny. It's like, what? There like, is a how the good. fuck is this okay? <laughs> how is this? There's a clothing company that my wife, Colin's wife, and one of our other friends' wives all buy stuff from Sheen, right? They all buy stuff from this company, and before my wife bought anything from it, but Carolina and Morgan were still buying stuff. Jordan started getting email advertisements from that company. I theoretically, because she interacts with Carolyn and Morgan so often, and they have all they have Google accounts. They all had iPhones until not too long ago. Carolyn had an iPhone too, so they are interconnected on two different enormous, you know, uh, ecosystems. Ecosystems. Thank you. Um, and on top of that, they communicate 
on those different platforms on social media yep. and so yeah before jordan even bought anything she's getting email advertisements from a company that her friends are buying stuff from so frequently yep it's it's fucking weird and the really shitty thing oh. is there's no way to ever reset that stuff man we didn't know that data was going to be such a, a commodity and now it's too late it just we've just lost our own we just gave it away right to privacy yeah I mean, so that to me, I, I was talking about this in 2015 and that whole uh, initial conversation was breached about uh, data rights mm -hmm. and how anything pertaining to you that is on someone else's platform, it no longer belongs to you. Your pictures, your opinions, your whatever it is, that is your personal data and you have no, act, you have no rights to it, mm -hmm. right? They, and now they... I mean, that's why I don't have any social media. I don't put myself out there too much now. I mean, I don't know how, what they're using all of this data that they're collecting on this platform for, or if they're even allowed to. That's why we brought you here. It. That's why we brought you here. We are deep state agents. Yeah. Yeah, oh, we're feds. Anyway. What? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> I mean, like, the, the, the whole uh, thing is, like, it, it's it's yet to be seen, you know? I mean... Have you heard about the deep fakes uh, oh, that are yes. going on? I've yes. seen a bunch of them, man. That's some horrifying shit. Yep. Because they've been taking all of your, your pictures that are out there. They've been making, like, mixing and matching and, and making uh, making people never lived in their entire life. Like oh, they yeah. never, they're never They've never been a real thing. Yeah, they really they've like me been, on Instagram for some game. reason. But they can interact. Mm -hmm. You can interact with them. Check. Right? Uh, in the metaverse, they, they exist. They're not real people. They can talk to you. They can do all of these things. It's fucking horrifying. They're saying that, like, that there's, that there's uh, uh, these lookalikes or the, these digital representations of politicians giving speeches in certain areas that never, never took place. Right. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah, that's one of those. Yeah, yeah, that's one of those technologies that's unfortunate because the the minute it exists, it it makes it so that you can't necessarily disprove it anywhere else. Like the minute it has been proven to exist, and you hear a fake conversation of Joe Rogan because there's thousands of hours of his voice, and they just made it happen. Right. Once that exists, you can't necessarily. You have to have that doubt in your mind from then on because you've already seen it oh, exist. Yeah. So now, how do you know what's not what's not fake? Um, I will say this, just to kind of cap off the segment, maybe close us yeah. out for this one. There was a time at the beginning of the internet. I know I, I'm a little, I'm not that old to be at the cutting ass, cutting edge of the internet, but you know, I had dial up and shit when I was a kid. And, okay. Um, the golden rule on the internet was you never give out any personal information, right. period. You didn't use your right. real name. You didn't use your real birthday. Nothing. Right. And the minute user-friendly interfaces and browsers and all this stuff became a thing, people felt more comfortable. You're putting your create passwords. Social you're typing media. this thing. It's for my friends to know. It's yeah. only my friends are going to know. Why would anybody else know exactly. besides my friends? Once we, we, we knew the rules when we got into the internet and somehow or other, we were told to forget them. Oh, that's fucked up. 
So yeah, which is funny because you can't you can't not have a or you are not allowed to have a Facebook page if it's not you or right. like a legitimate company or something. Right. They they crack down on the fake accounts all the time. So that just add that to the fucking the pile, dude. It's not it's not a good it's not a good place anymore. The internet it's a it's a rough place out there. Well, and no. if you want, we ran into this when we started this because I didn't have a Facebook. If yeah. you want to have a business facebook you have to have a personal facebook to be a manager of that account mm -hmm. i didn't want to have my own facebook but i had to make one so that i could run our salt of the streets facebook yep. so you have to give them personal information if you want to have a business on there and then they're going to sell it yes and then they're going to sell it yes <laughs> yep <laughs> oh it's, 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 it's so scary to me because like you were just pointing out all of that all of that stuff is being monetized and sold. And, and I mean, when you talk about being a serf or a modern day slave, we are like, like truly, but it's not in the same context that, that these idiots that are out there that are claiming to be, you know, uh, they're being systemic uh, racism and, and that's, oh, yeah. you know, omnipresent everywhere. Right. I'm talking about they're being from oppressed. the perspective that you that we are slaves to the the technology oligarchs right yeah. the the to use modern uh, recent colloquial terms right like there's companies out there that that are buying and selling you yep. everything that you're worth yep. you are a commodity now we're we're techno techno surfs techno surfs yeah i like it that's the name yeah. of the episode that's techno a new yeah. tech techno that's a new t-shirt so what that is that sounds dope <laughs> we're going patriotic silver surfer you have with someone, mark zuckerberg oh my God, this is the image it's a person who's mining a rock for bitcoin we're techno surfers. <laughs> that's what pickaxe onto a rock bitcoin is coming out Ching. techno surf yep with the, the scraps of ethereum falling no, off no it's got to be information <laughs> it's got to be like your birthday or something yeah you know, that's coming out of the rocks because we're there we're being mined for our own information so it's got to it be something like that social security number that'll be some of the, you know what i'm saying that's what they're getting you for that's it's happening that's the that's the goal okay so if unless you guys have anything else to say i think we can end this segment we take just like a three minute break we stay on here yep but the youtube goes to a, a waiting screen for three minutes and then we come mm. back here. So yeah. It's really so that we can all go pee if that's what we're going to do. Yeah. So. Peas, beers. Perfect. Yes. All yes. that. So with that, we will take a break. We'll be back in three minutes for the rest of this conversation. Bye.